Whoa, that'll come right in a minute. Our dear, lovely Thomases, the Lord says it doesn't matter what you packed, it's not going to be good. How about that for a word? Isn't that encouraging? What you think you've prepared, the Lord says he's going to do something completely different. It's a bit like when you go on holiday and you think, should I take a jumper or not? Is it going to be hot? And you get there and it's raining, you think, I wish I took a jumper. And it just felt like that with you guys, that the Lord says, whatever you're putting into your suitcase, that you think he's going to do, he's going to do something new. It's beyond what you're thinking. It's beyond your dreams. It's beyond anything you could have prepared for in advance. Get ready for something that is completely, completely new. It's not what you've had before. It's not what you can prepare for. It's what the Lord said today. Wow. Now, Frank here at the back. Tell you what the Lord said to me. There's a song in Geordie. It says, the fog on the tine is all mine, all mine. <laughs> and I'm saying to God, that's an unusual song to send somebody back with. Fog represents the glory, he says. And the glory that's here that you've witnessed is yours. We impart it to you as Geordie's. That the fog on the tine is all yours. It's all yours. And you take it back with you. And you release that. Wow. And for those of you who are new, who think I'm really crazy, my name is Alan. And uh, that is correct. And I've got a beautiful, pretty PowerPoint presentation that I brought last night and we didn't have a lead. So, so we had to make do without it. And it's all there today, and it's all lovely, and it's all pretty, and it took me hours to put together, and we're going to leave it. But I'm speaking next week. Sorry, Thomases. Sorry, Kate. Listen to it on podcast. And we're going to get to some of that next week. But I do want to talk a little bit about, we're, we're going through a series on Hebrews 8 and the word Marcus brought last week about generosity was a great word and um, I don't know I, I just you know a kind of testimony of that would be great so Mark would you kind of come and just give a little testimony where's our mic gone it's our mic gone somewhere come on Mark come and tell us about the testimony of generosity that you guys received because this is really important I'll tell you why I'm telling them to give testimony, because what's spoken is released into an atmosphere. The Bible says that your tongue holds the power of life and death. And what's spoken, what's released, and especially if it's released with the back end of the Word of God, it releases something. So a little testimony of that is what Mark's going to share with you right now. Thanks, Alan. Um. <laughs> he wasn't prepared, by the way. Um, right, okay. How long have I got? As long as you want. <laughs> Shut the PowerPoint down. Take as long as you want. Right, okay. Um, just needs to be put into context, actually, so I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and I put it in context with what Marcus was speaking about last week, because he, he talked quite a bit about tithing and not seeing that that was under the law, actually, that you do it out of your heart and out of relationship. Yeah. And um, so I'm going to go back way to when I first started to tithe, because I think it's relevant, and I did that. Um, I was obviously a Christian, but I wasn't going to church. I just started work, uh, 
I didn't even have a church to give my money to, so I just gave it away because it just felt the right thing to do. <laughs> um, not sure where I gave it to now, but <laughs> <laughs> it just felt the right thing to do. And I don't know why, because I wasn't going to church, even though I was a Christian. And um, my point in saying that is over the years, over the many years, because I'm a lot older now, um, 20 odd years later, I've been tithing all that time. And, and actually, I wasn't brought up in a generous family, I would say. I wasn't brought up in a family that probably encouraged me to give. I never saw that. Uh, but God has, uh, I guess over the years, as relationships grown, allowed me to give more and more. And actually, out of, out of and that's what the point is, it's not out of law, it's not out of having to do it, it's out of wanting to do it, and out of being blessed by doing it. I give more and more, beyond tithing, beyond, um, beyond anything really. And, and also at the same time, God's blessed us with more money as well, as we've done that. So that's quite a strange kind of thing really the more we felt able to give to people the more we've got back it's not the reason we do it it's just uh, and it's not saying it's easy all the time sometimes I still find that hard when I feel I should give stuff to people don't find it easy but it's always the right thing to do so my point in that is I've been on a journey that is absolutely in line with what Marcus talked about last week um, I know for sure that God is much bigger than our finances and our money. Come on. Um, I know that for absolute sure. And um, we were having, uh, crikey, it was last week I think you were referring to. Yeah. We, uh, we've obviously had quite a bit of a tough time with it, Rebecca and I. And we'd finally got out to go for a meal um, together. Um, but Rebecca's not been, uh, <laughs> been, been great at eating a lot recently. Uh, so we go to this Turkish restaurant in uh, Whitley Bay. You might have been there. It's very nice if you haven't. Can't remember what it's called. That's the one. And um, so we order this food and, and can Rebecca eat any of it? She like has a couple of pieces. Of, I mean, you husbands out there will know. You go to work, you earn the money, you take your wife out for a meal and she doesn't eat it. It's quite annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and the old Mark comes out in me, this, is, you know, this will make you laugh, the old, the old Mark comes out in me, he's like, oh, crikey, what a waste of money. <laughs> and then, I, then, I'm not kidding you, I sit there and think, actually, it doesn't matter, God's going to provide more than this. I do actually think that, there and then, and that made me not moan about my wife not eating a meal. <laughs> um, anyway, I had nice food, I enjoyed myself, um, ate, ate some of hers too, and... Uh, <laughs> Um, and then we come to pay, and then they just said the person next door, next to you, has paid for you already, totally out of the blue. And it was just one of those amazing things that I thought, crikey, right. we didn't need that. We didn't need that money. We didn't need that person paying for us. But it spoke to me that we'd, you know, in my heart, I'd felt a little bit, oh, what a waste of money. I've, I've spent some money here I didn't need to spend on my wife. Yet God provided more, provided for me too. Wow. There. Out of the blue, no idea who did it, no idea wow. who, who paid for us. And it was just a r reminder that he's there for us, wow. really. Amen. Bless you, buddy. Isn't that amazing? You can pray for me later, Mox. I go for lots of meals and uh, <laughs> I'd really like that anointing. That's all right. Yeah, we'll have some of that anointing, I tell you. I think... There's going to be a Turk outside Turk. There's going to be a Turk outside Turk. <laughs> have you any idea what they look like? Just so I can have a look at a fair... 
Right. We'll, we'll keep an eye out for that. Another testimony? Come on, let's have it. Come and see it from the front so people can see you. Please. person. I wrote a letter of thanks to the anonymous person who, uh, who gave this to Paul, but um, Paul's not here today, I mean, or yesterday, and so I can't give this letter of thanks. So whoever it was that blessed me, I want to say thank you, and I bless you all in the name of Jesus, because Amen. our Father truly is a Father. Amen. Bless you, sir. Bless you, sir. Well, I've got a tough act to follow, Marcus, haven't I? Yeah? What am I going to do now? What am I going to do now with all that testimony of that word last week? I think, you know, you know, the really interesting thing is that God works. The kingdom works. We so, we so, often, we so often think that that's not the case, but the, the kingdom works. And here, I'll get into this a little bit today because I, I want to give you the taste of it. But, but here we have in Hebrews, gets to chapter 8, and he says this in the first verse. Now the main point of what I'm saying is this. Or if you like, what's the point? If you've asked that, you must have. Have you ever asked, what's the point? There must be times in your life that you've said, what is the point? And if you haven't, you're lying. <laughs> but here, the writer of the Hebrews gets all the way to chapter 8 before he says, the main point is this. I'm thinking, you could have saved seven chapters. But what really happened in the seven chapters is, he was laying a foundation so people would receive the point. <laughs> and what is the point? What is the point? What's the purpose? Here's the point. We have such a high priest who has sat down at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven. Here is the point, he says. Your eternal destiny is secure. Here is the point, he says. Here is the point. You can spend eternity in heaven because we have such a great high priest, Jesus. Here is the point. Jesus. That's the point. And I don't care where you're at. I don't care what circumstances of life. Well, I do care in that sense. But hear me. Wherever we find ourselves, the point is always Jesus. But life's not good, Alan. The point is Jesus. Alan, life's great. Somebody bought me a meal. The point is Jesus. You see, because we have such a small time in life, don't we? I mean, Jesus... 
you know, without getting too down on you guys, your next breath is determined by God Himself. Then what happens? Eternity. Eternal life. The main point is this. We can enjoy eternal life in the presence of God forever because we have such a high priest as Jesus. That's the point, guys. Jesus only lived 33 years. And what's the point then if I do surrender my life to God and say I'm a Christian, what's the point of being here? As Paul would say, surely it's better I'm with the Lord. Well, the point of that is simple as well. It's impact. You know, if you stand or if you walk along a beach where the water's been on, the sand, and you look back, you see the impact that you've made. The purpose why God doesn't take us from here to glory as soon as we give our lives to Him is because you have to have some impact. Maybe just to buy a meal for somebody. You have to, and I have to. What is impact? I have to add value to somebody's life. I have to be willing to go the extra mile and to add value, to call out of someone the gold as opposed to the dirt. Proverbs. There are plenty of people who want to call out the dirt. There are few people who can see the gold. Now I want to tell each and every one of you today, you are made in the image of God. You have gold in your DNA. And God, through the great high priest, is wanting to draw you out. He's wanting to draw out that gold that is in you. He is the great high priest. It doesn't make a lot of sense until we understand, and maybe next week we'll get into a bit of this, until we understand the old priesthood. <laughs> In the Old Testament, it was not necessarily a good place to be a priest. <laughs> it was a very different covenant. It was a very different arrangement. And God, listen to this, God cannot relent on His covenant agreements. So when we hear about the new covenant, thank you, Jesus. The old covenant looked really hard because God couldn't relent on it. He was bound by it because He'd spoken it. The people could relent as we hear, but God could not. I don't, some of you might know, but some of you might not know. Despite how you see me dressed today, I am an Episcopal priest. <laughs> I've got a certificate. <laughs> I've got three, actually. I actually have something called holy orders. That just means that I can preside over communion at a proper church. <laughs> And it took me four years. 
And I walked through that journey, kicking and screaming and, well, it wasn't easy. But I tell you this, I cannot atone for one of your sins. Because the old covenant is gone. But the new high priest, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> he can fully atone for your sins. You see, the old high priest, he had to go into a little tent once a year, and he first had to offer a sacrifice for himself, a sacrifice of a bull, blood. It's weird, isn't it? But before he could go into the presence of God, he had to offer a sacrifice for himself. Now, can you imagine if he was your priest and he didn't come out? You're worried then, aren't you? Or can you imagine if he went in with your sins to be atoned for and didn't come out? Wow. And he took with him two goats. It's called... Well, and he took two goats, and one of the goats was slaughtered, and the blood was placed on the altar, and the other goat was a goat called the scapegoat. And he prayed over the scapegoat, and they laid the sins of the people on the scapegoat. And then some poor person had to take it way into the desert. So one was a sacrifice for sin, and the other one represented a removal of the sin. But listen, this poor priest, he even had to have a bath before going. This poor priest, and had to wear special clothes. And this poor priest, if God wasn't too happy, he would kill him there and then. Dead. That puts a little bit of perspective on our new covenant. It's the same God, but a different covenant. What is a covenant? A covenant, listen, there's lots of people who say, I've become a Christian. I've made a commitment. Fantastic. Make a covenant. Make a covenant. Because a covenant is not like a commitment. A covenant agreement is this. And the great news that God has made a covenant agreement with us that he will not break. So the only person can break this agreement is us. It's a bit like a marriage. For better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, God says, I'm committed to you. That's my covenant. I'm committed to you. To every one of you. The new priest... Jesus didn't just go with the blood of bulls and goats. He sacrificed himself. He shed his own blood and sprinkled his own blood on the altar in heaven. On the mercy seat. He sacrificed himself as the perfect sacrifice. Jesus doesn't have to go every year. It's a done deal. Do you know the Old Testament priest, there was no place in the temple, in the, in, in the tent of meeting in the temples, there's no place for a seat 
No seats. Because in the old covenant, the work of the priest was never completed. What does it say about Jesus? It says he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Come on, church. He sat down. That's representing that the work is a finished work. It's a done deal. The only thing that's needed is for you to match the covenant agreement that He's offered to you by saying, yes, God. Even for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. Even throughout all of that, God, I'm going to be committed to you. Because I've, me I've measured, I've come into a covenant agreement with you. Wow. What's the point? Jesus is the point. What's the point? We have a new high priest. You see, the old covenant was never meant to be successful in the, in the fact, listen to me, in the fact that it was the end solution. You look in the Old Testament, and the Old Testament is full of Jesus. It's full of Jesus. I'm going to suggest to you, oh, dare I, let me suggest to you, I've got five minutes left. Marcus really did a great job last week, apart from he skipped the whole thing about Melchizedek. <laughs> and I understand why he took the easy route out, tithing. We could all do it, tithing's easy, isn't it? Melchizedek. Melchizedek's name means king of righteousness. Hold on. It also means king of peace. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, without the beginning of days, and without the end of life, rem representing, or represent, sorry, rest, he was like the Son of God. <laughs> he remains a priest forever. Hold on a minute. He wasn't from the tribe of Levi. By the way, neither was Jesus. We've been singing about it today. Jesus wasn't from the tribe of Levi. You had to be, if, you had to, if you're a priest, you had to be from the tribe of Levi. That's the... Let me just wet your taste buds. Let me just wet your taste buds a little bit if I can. Melchizedek is one of the strangest people to understand in the Bible. That is true. We often read that so-and-so begot, so-and-so begot, so-and-so begot, so-and-so. But there's none of that with Melchizedek. Some people say that Melchizedek is a Christophany. Oh, it's a big word. Quite simply means this, that Jesus could have appeared in bodily form before he was born. Uh-oh. 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 Here we go, Alan. Dive, dive, dive. <laughs> Here we go. But listen this. Listen this. Listen. If an angel that is a spirit can take a body, if in the beginning was the Word, Jesus, let me suggest... 
You know, when, when Melchizedek appeared to Joshua as the king of the Lord's army, when Melchizedek appeared to Samson's father and mother, and they, they said they saw, they thought God, but they did not die. Who was in the fiery furnace? And I could go on. Now, it might just rattle our theology a little bit. But let me just tell you this. Jesus was not bound by time or space. And was not bound in the way that we sometimes think. Am I saying Jesus was Melchizedek? No. But what I'm saying is if you read the Bible, Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek. He's a high priest like Melchizedek. Without beginning, without end. So I see why Marcus skipped it. <laughs> and took the easy route. So I'm going to finish with the DVD because we're, we're cracking on. And I'll do a little bit more of this next week. We'll get into a bit more of the teachy stuff next week because I'm doing chapter 9 as well. And I'd like to get into the teachy stuff actually. So we'll do a bit more of that next week. But let me tell you this. Your old priest, the old covenant, the old priest never sat down. The new priest, Jesus, sat down with the work finished. Your old priest sacrificed every year. Jesus, the new priest, sacrificed himself once and for all. Your old priest entered through a veil. Jesus tore the veil in half, top to bottom. <laughs> Your old priest could only enter once a year. Jesus has sat down at the majesty of glory forever. Your old priest intercedes for your sins. Jesus paid for all of your sins. Your old priest came with blood of goats. Jesus, the Lamb of God. Your old priest had to make atonement for your sin. Jesus was without sin. No atonement needed for himself. Your old priest died. Your new priest, Jesus, lives forever and ever and ever. And I want to finish with a DVD. It's just a few minutes. Kind of just sums up a little of what I've said today. <laughs>